We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. everyone welcome to the roto grinders morning grind podcast i'm your host Stephen tpfl it's wednesday it's may 25th it is 2022 we have seven baseball games to talk about here on today's slate DraftKings doing a five game slate that starts at 705 eastern fanduel doing a seven game slate that starts at 640 so we're going to talk about the two 640 games too because i think there's a turbo slate on DraftKings as well so we're just going to break them all down. Joined today by Keith Eister, Eyes819. Keith, what's happening, my friend? Not much, man. Um, got a good night of some K props going. I noticed you wrote up a couple of props that I really like today. So I had both of the ones you wrote up in your article. Um, I've started 3-0 and here. George Kirby's come out firing strikeouts like crazy. He's got four through an inning and two-thirds as we're recording this. So I just need Burns to go over, I think. And it's going to be a clean sweep for the article so i'm i'm feeling good tonight and tell people where they can find that i know you're doing it is it scores and odds right yep it's over on scores and odds it's in the news section so if you drop down the little i can try to figure out exactly what it's called here real quick on the fly uh if you drop down the more section or the more drop down menu um there's a, a news tab if you click on the news tab there you can find a bunch of articles there so i'm writing one four days a week uh Tim is writing one uh, several days a week. Uh, Nick is doing some stuff. There's there's a lot of people writing some good stuff over there. And all of that content is free. So definitely make sure you're checking that out over on Scores and Odds. Yeah, and right now um, you can get a free three-day trial going. Download the app. Check it out for yourself. Scores and Odds on um, – I know it's on the App Store on Apple. Um, I'm guessing it's on Android as well. But uh, there's a three-day trial that you can check out. So take advantage of that. Yeah, I wrote up Sunny Gray over five and a half strikeouts, Minnesota minus one and a half, and I wrote up um, Kirby over four and a half strikeouts. So 
we'll see. Um, Minnesota, Minnesota did not score as much as I was kind of hoping for. Um, so, I mean, Sonny Gray, and I said in the Sonny Gray write-up, I said stagger his strikeouts up to eight. Um, so, if you did that, like, they just didn't, when I was writing up my my bets for today, they just didn't have that available yet. It was too early in the morning. So, um, Hey, if you, if you did that, it worked out. Um, yeah, he finished with 10. So that was a, yeah. a very good call there, sir. Yeah. He, <laughs> I, I mean, the matchup couldn't have been better. Uh, I wrote him up in the expert survey today as top overall play. I talked to him about him a lot yesterday. Uh, we'll see how Kirby ends up. I said yesterday on the podcast that he was my favorite point per dollar pitcher on the slate. So we'll see, probably not going to beat Sonny gray. Um, but Hey, Still hoping for a good start. I have a good team going too. I had a good team yesterday. Um, yeah, running running really good at baseball right now. So making up for those NASCAR All Star losses um, <laughs> that I should have had and didn't have because they threw a caution um, when <laughs> Blaney was fifty feet away. All right, I'm done tilting that. Um, let's talk some baseball here again. We're gonna talk the seven game slate on Fanduel. We'll switch over to DraftKings um, as well, but we're going to talk the seven games here. So we're getting started with Miami at Tampa Bay. This game has a seven and a half total to raise a one sixty five favorite here. Uh, Drew Rasmussen against Cody Poteet. Any interest in Cody Poteet in this one? No, uh, I think there's a couple of cheap pitchers. I, li- I like a lot better. Um, not, not much upside with the strikeouts. There, there are some strikeouts in the Tampa Bay lineup, um, but I just I think there are better places to go. Uh, he is super cheap at 6,100 here on FanDuel, but not a guy that's probably going to get you six innings, so uh, probably not going to get you that quality start um, and just, just not a ton of upside here, so I don't think you need to go down here on FanDuel. Yeah, I mean, one pitcher site, and there's three or four legit guys you can choose on FanDuel uh, today, and I mean, the other one of those options I feel like is Rasmussen on the other side of this game. He is someone that has a good strikeout rate. They let him pitch usually into the fifth inning at least. And if he's pitching good, they let him, you know, attack or go into the sixth inning. It's just whether or not he can get through the sixth inning or not, uh, but good strikeout stuff. I don't think he's the highest ceiling pitcher on this slate, but pitching's kind of weak on this slate as well. Um, so on a one pitcher site, Drew Rasmussen, 8,600, I think he's super playable here um, going up against this Miami team that has a lot of strikeouts in it. Yeah, I don't mind it. He is expensive, um, but it is a great ballpark to pitch in, and there's a lot of strikeouts in that Miami lineup. So because of the matchup and and his home park here, um, I think he's in play. But I I agree there's probably a little bit more upside um, on the slate elsewhere, but I think he's fine for for large field tournaments. No, I you know, one of the reasons that I like Rasmussen here, Jazz, Chat, Jazz, Chisholm, he's dealing with a little bit of a hand, hamstring injury, so there's a potential that he's not in this lineup. If he's not in this lineup, I really just don't have a ton of interest or any interest at all in um, this Miami lineup. Yeah, I mean, Rasmussen doesn't go super deep, but he's really talented, uh, and the Tampa bullpen is, is really good as well. So um, no real interest in the Miami bats. Mentioned the ballpark, too, just a tough place to hit, so. I'd, I'd probably be out on Miami. Uh, yeah, it's just not typically a spot that I'm going to attack. And then um, the Tampa side here, it's a small slate. Poteet is someone that has good strikeout stuff. He's more of a ground ball guy. Out, 
there's just not um there's not many like big fly ball hitters in this Tampa lineup. So with this game being in Tampa, with the pricing, that's the interesting point, right? Like Wander Franco is thirty two hundred. He's very playable on Fanduel at, at thirty two hundred. A Rosarina is thirty one hundred. Like all right, I could definitely get those two guys if I'm doing like a four two two or something like on Fanduel. Um, I like that stack. I always like a four, two, two or four, three, one on FanDuel. I like a four, four as well. It's just not always going to work out, but I, I don't mind a couple Tampa bats, but they're not my favorite stack. Yeah. I'm kind of on the same page. The other guy I will throw out there is Harold Ramirez has actually been really good for Tampa. He usually hits in the middle of that lineup, um, usually in the three hole. So if he's in that three hole again, he's 2,400. So I, I wouldn't mind making it a little three man adding him. All right, we got Chicago Cubs, Cincinnati Reds up next in this one. This game has an eight and a half total. The Reds a slight favorite here at minus 125. Kyle Hendricks, Luis Castillo. Any interest in Kyle Hendricks in this spot? I don't think so. Just not a good ballpark for Hendricks. Going to give up some fly balls. Great American small park here. I know the Reds aren't the most talented offense. Um, Hendricks just doesn't have a ton of strikeout stuff, and I feel like he's going to give up a couple home runs in this spot. Yeah, I mean, Great American Small Park. It's just overall a ballpark I don't like to play pitchers in. And Hendricks has a 16% K rate on the season. He's really struggled with lefties. Naquin, Votto, Moustakis, Moran, while they do strike out some of those guys, I mean, there's plenty of power in this lineup with these lefties. So it worries me about Hendricks in this spot. And then Luis Castillo on the other side. I mean, he's just been – his splits are just insane this year. He's been absolutely awful against lefties and absolutely dominant against righties. And I, it's crazy – because I mean, he faced Toronto last time out, and like, all right, that you got to have some respect for the righties that he's getting out in that Toronto lineup. So I'm on the fence on Castillo. The problem is they could they could get four lefties in this lineup, maybe even five. And there's so many walks at the top of the Cubs lineup. They're very very patient offense. I mean, they don't have a ton of power, but they're a patient offense. Um, what are you doing with Castillo here? He's really cheap. Um... Yeah, it's so I don't love the spot, but I think he's in play um, just because of that price tag. Like the Cubs, they walk a lot. They'll strike out quite a bit as well. Um, so I think that there's there's some upside here, especially at the price tag here for Castillo. Tough ballpark. You mentioned the the patience of the Cubs lineup. If he gets wild, which he, he tends to do from time to time, it might be a short outing for him. Uh, but I'll probably take some shots here just because of the price tag. Yeah, the price is nice. Um, Cubs bats. And like Contreras is dealing with a little bit of a hamstring injury right now. That could potentially – I mean, it's a catch-22 because he does offer strikeouts, but he's one of the power bats in this lineup. Um, uh, Cubs bats, anything like jumping off the page to you here? Um, Ian Happ I like a lot. Uh, you mentioned – uh, Castillo struggles against lefties. Hap has has hit the ball really well in Cincinnati. He went to school in, at Cincinnati. So just kind of like a homecoming for him. Really like Hap in the spot. Um, he was really the only one. I play him as a one-off. I don't really see myself getting to a full stack. Um, maybe add like a, an Ortega who's cheap, a Rivas if he grabs a start. 
Uh, both of those guys are super cheap, but I, I would be looking for lefties first uh, with Hap being the priority. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they don't have Rivas in there. Um, and the position eligibility on FanDuel, like you can play two first basemen, so him being 2,400. Uh, the other first baseman in this game on the other side, I mean, Joey Votto is 2,400, and Votto is someone that looked terrible to start the season, got put on the COVID list, came back, and he's been hitting the ball well since returning. couple doubles, home run. Um, the strikeouts have been a lot better. So, I mean, I love Votto in this spot. 2,400 against Hendricks in this ballpark. Him, I mean, Moustakis is cheap. Nyquin's cheap. I mean, this is definitely a, a four-man stack that I'm looking at here um, going up against Hendricks. Yeah, I mean, I, I just think this is a really bad fit for Hendricks, this ballpark. Um, the, the Reds not usually a team that we we like to play with their kind of depleted offense compared to what they have been, but I do like this spot for them. Great great park to hit in. Um, not, not scared of Hendricks in this spot. All right. Um, we move on. Now we're getting into – the games that are also on DraftKings, so we're not just you know talking about like one pitcher sites anymore. Now we're talking two pitcher sites, and just kind of want to throw that out there. Um, so we got Baltimore at New York. It's an eight and a half total. The Yankees a minus two hundred favorite here. We have Tyler Wells going up against JP Sears. Um, any interest here in Tyler Wells? So that's a really short slate. I think every pitcher is playable on this slate, but Wells is definitely near the bottom of the list. He's not a guy that's going to go deep. Um, just the, the strikeout stuff that he was flashing in the bullpen hasn't exactly translated to the rotation. Tough spot against a powerful Yankees team in Yankee Stadium. Um, I, I, I'll probably not have any of Wells. Yeah, I mean, it's so tough for really any pitcher to to face the Yankees. Um my okay so my thing is is just overall this yankees lineup has strikeouts in it but tyler wells is not a big k guy and and like his strikeouts are higher to lefties i mean like rizzo is just an overall good hitter um so i'm not going to give the the matchup to the pitcher in that spot and then you got judge you got stanton you got torres like where he's been struggling is like right-handed power bats i mean there's so much right-handed power in this lineup that it's really hard for me to get behind playing Wells in this spot. And then <sighs> Sears on the other side of this game. I mean, this just screams bullpen. I, I don't know. Um, I know he started the season in the bullpen for the Yankees. He got sent down. Um, yeah, they did send him down to stretch him out. Uh, I pulled up his minor league game okay. log. He he's been at four and two thirds his last outing, five and two thirds the outing before that. So he is pretty stretched out here, actually. All right. Um, I mean, good strikeout stuff in the minors. Yeah, you know, last year, this year, um, Baltimore is one of the worst teams in baseball against left-handed pitching. He's fifty-five hundred. I mean, on a slate with very limited pitching options on a two pitcher site. I mean, he, he, I think he's definitely going to be someone that's going to have ownership and he's definitely in the mix today. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about 21 triple a innings this year, but the dude has a 38% strikeout rate and a walk rate under 3%. He's got a matchup against Baltimore. I I have a ton of interest here. I don't know how deep he's going to go in this game, but he doesn't need to go very deep at 5,500. 
even if it's only three innings and he gets four or five Ks in those three innings, or it's a short slate. I'm, I'm pretty interested on, on DraftKings here where you play two pitchers. Yeah, I think like I didn't have a ton of interest. Um, I didn't look up his minor league. I know he got sent down to get stretched out. I didn't look up like fully. What do we think? 80 pitches here? I think that sounds about right. Like I imagine he was in that range in, uh, in the minors. Uh, I don't see any reason why he wouldn't be able to go that. Maybe maybe New York has a, a long guy in the bullpen that they would piggyback off of him. So it might be a little bit shorter of a leash, but yeah, I I think he's good for 80 pitches. Yeah, I mean, just looking at looking at this slate in general, it's just so hard to be like you can't have interest in him. Yeah, I mean, just he has more upside than a lot of the guys priced above him. I think he has to be in play today. Um, I mean, I'm not I'm not playing Glenn Auto. Um, likely not playing Rich Hill. I mean, he's someone that I think we'll have a conversation about. Cal Quantrill against Houston, Ranger Suarez against Atlanta, like Dietmers, we, we talked about him regressing after his no-hitter, and he is facing that same Texas team, and he struggled big time in that game. I just, I mean, there's only a certain, a certain amount of pitchers on the slate. So I think, you know, just taking a shot here on J.P. Sears and just being like, all right, well, he's 5,500, he's facing Baltimore. But I also, like, Keith, the more I think about it, the more he's just going to be massive massive chalk um i would be shocked if he's not 30 to 40 percent projected ownership and he probably comes in around that in most tournaments here i mean baltimore stinks and he's 5500 on a pitching slate where there's not a ton of options so i mean game theory wise you could definitely be underweight on him yeah for sure um i don't know exactly where the ownership comes in but that's not a bad point like if he if he's going to be 30 or 40 percent owned we don't really know what, what the leash is going to look like. Maybe he comes out and throws two innings, 40 pitches, and he's done. So he's definitely fadeable if he's going to be picking up a ton of ownership. All right. Bats in this game, anything here on the Baltimore side? Um, yeah. I mean, I, I think he, that they're, they're all in play because they're super cheap. Um, Mullins would be lefty lefty at 4,100. Um, but I like, I like a lot of the other guys like Austin Hayes and Austin, um, Anthony Santander, both in play in the low three K's, um, Rutschman's price has come up a little bit, but still don't mind him at 3,900. Um, he's more talented than that price tag. Um, Mount Castle is only 2,400, uh, Tyler Nevin is 2,300. So there's, they're super cheap. Uh, Sears, I think is a, is a good pitcher. He's got huge strikeout stuff, obviously, but he, I don't think he's made a major league start before. Like you said, he's pitched mostly out of the bullpen. So there's a, there's, there's a very high variant spot and I'm, I'd be willing to play some Baltimore here on a short slate. Yeah. On, on so I'm like a three entry max guy. I talk about it all the time. This would be one of those spots that like I play Sears on two and stack against him on the other one. Um, Cause I, I could see it going either way. The only problem, I mean, I guess like, the Yankees bullpen hasn't been as good. Chapman's been really struggling to start the season. So, I mean, it's not like – I mean, they're still – okay. They actually put Chap, Chapman on the IL, I believe. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I, I so. mean, I was going to say, their bullpen overall is still good. It's just struggled a little bit more this year, and it has a lot to do with Chapman. So, if he's on the IL, it probably helps the Yankees. Uh, it's so hard to stack against them. And then on the Yankees side, the bats, what I was going to talk about with Wells was Stanton left the game – on Tuesday night and LeMahieu was scratched out of the lineup again 
just I still don't know if I could play Wells in this spot, but if this lineup comes out, no Stan, no LeMahieu, we know Donaldson's on the COVID list, we know Gallo's out. He could. I, all I'm saying is Wells could potentially be a pivot off of Sears because I'm not playing any of these other guys. I'm not playing any of these other guys. I'm not playing Otto. I'm not playing Hill. I'm not playing Quattro. I'm not playing Suarez. I'm not playing Dietmers. Um, you could potentially make an argument for Rich Hill, and we'll talk about that in a minute. But I mean, if this lineup comes out really, really bad, where you're just really just trying to get around Judge and Rizzo. You can make an argument for Wells, I think. But, I mean, you can also make an argument for stacking the Yankees in this spot because Tyler Wells is someone that is hittable. Yeah, for sure. I, I have a lot of interest in the Yankees. Um, I think this is a, a great spot for them. Um, if the if the lineup is a little bit watered down, maybe maybe I have to think twice about that. Uh, but, Judge, I'm gonna, definitely going to have interest in, in Rizzo and Stanton as well, uh, assuming Stanton's all right. But um yeah i think it's a good spot i don't buy the the baltimore bullpen uh as being very good and it's yankee stadium uh the short porch pretty easy to get the ball out um so yeah i'll be playing a ton of yankees here and uhara um back up with the big club to 2400 um love that yep. super cheap so and he's someone that has shown plenty of power um in the past so definitely could get behind playing him as well um yeah i mean the yankees lineup if it's watered down just becomes a cheaper stack against the pitcher that's hittable um whether you use it as a full stack or a secondary stack or you do a 4-4 on DraftKings or FanDuel today um you know we talk about 4-4s on FanDuel all the time i mean 4-4s on DraftKings works all the time too so philadelphia at atlanta i, I, and I mean four three ones work too anyway um Suarez against Morton in this one. Um, eight and a half total. Braves, a 145 favorite. I mean, Ranger Suarez is talented. Let, let's, let, let's give him that. I mean, he is talented. Um, rough around the edges, I feel like, is the best way to talk about Ranger Suarez. On the season, 19% K rate, 8% walk rate. Atlanta... While they've struggled against righties, they're one of the top teams in baseballs against lefties. They strike out still, but, I mean, they just have a ton of power against left-handed pitching. What are we doing here, Ranger Suarez? Yeah, I mean, I think he's in play just because of the slate and the, that strikeout rate of the Braves that you that you mentioned. They've actually struck out the, at the highest rate in baseball, uh, which was which is surprising, obviously. But I think he's in play here just because of that that strikeout potential. I think he's more talented than the 19% strikeout rate that he's shown to this point. Um, I don't know exactly what it was offhand last year, but I, it was, it was up in the twenties last year. He's, he's had a, a little bit of a shaky start to the year, but I think he's a more talented pitcher than what he has pitched to this year. So I have, I have some interest here just because of the short slate, not a ton of upside with this pitching. Um, I think he's in play here against the high strikeout Atlanta lineup. I think he has to be an option today. Um, it's one of those other spots where, I mean, you can easily stack Atlanta in the spot as well. Um, yeah. But, I mean, you can say that about just about any pitcher today. You could – you could, I, I mean, even Giolito, who we're going to talk about, who's probably the top pitcher on the slate going up against the Red Sox, like, you can make an argument on this slate 
to sack against him. Um, so pitching's pretty weak here. Charlie Morton on the other side of this game. Charlie Morton's been fantastic against righties, not striking them out, but he's been pitching really well against them this year. Um, 81 ISO. Lefties is where he struggled. I mean, you're obviously super worried about Harper and Schwarber, but again, pit, pit, pit pitching is very limited. This is another one of the spots where I think you could you could play him and you can stack against him. Not on the same team, but I mean, you could go both ways in this game. Yeah, I, I like Charlie Morton in this spot. Uh, really tough start to the year for him. His control was all over the place. His walk rate is still over 10% for the year. Um just went through a stretch of five or six starts there where, where he was walking three and four batters a game. But in his last two, he's kind of figured that out. He's only got one walk in each of his last two starts. So I think we're starting to see him revert to, kind of to the Charlie Morton of last year, who was a an above, well above average pitcher. Um, difficult matchup here against Philly, but he, he has had strikeout stuff in the past. Um, he had nine strikeouts two starts ago, so I think it's still in there somewhere. Um, I think he's in play for tournaments. If you're going to, Giolito is obviously going to be the top option, but I think you can pay up twice, uh, especially if you're willing to play a team like Baltimore, who has some some really, really affordable options to to fit two 9K pitchers in there. Yeah, uh, again, like this is a spot where, I mean, you can play Morton, but looking at the Philly bats, I mean, Harper and Schwarber, like Schwarber's 4,200. And, Charlie Morton hasn't been able to get left-handed hitters out that he's not struck out. So, I mean, there's a chance that, like, Schwarber could strike out in this spot. Um, you know, <laughs> I mean, if there was a prop for Schwarber striking out, I'd probably take the over on um, a half a strikeout because he just he strikes out, it feels like, every game. But, I mean, this is definitely a spot that he could take um, Morton Yard, definitely like Harper. Probably lean more towards, like, a mini stack here than a full stack because I do respect Charlie Morton's talent. But he has been struggling a little bit with walks, so I could definitely see many stack in this spot. Yeah, I'm probably just looking for a home run here. It'd be Harper and Schwarber, the two bats I'm looking at. Um, I just if he's got that control figured out, Morton's a tough pitcher to pick on, um, and he's looked better in his last two starts to me. So I'll, I'll probably stay away from Philly in the spot. Um, Atlanta, we know like throughout the years that a lot of this lineup is just good against left-handed pitching, small slate, very stackable offense here. Contreras, Acuna, Ozuna, Albies, Riley, Duvall, Swanson. Like this is a full on stack. You could look at today. Yeah. And that, um, Duvall is down there at 2,800 has been really good against lefty lefties in his career. Ozuna at 3,900. They help you fit in the Acunas and the Olsons. Um, I, I think Atlanta makes a, a lot of sense here. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to add to that one. Watch the weather. See what Roth has to say. There's potential weather in this game. Uh, potential weather in this next game as well. We got Boston at Chicago taking on the White Sox. Red Sox, White Sox, eight total. White Sox, a 170 favorite. Rich Hill, Lucas Giolito. Potential weather in probably the best spot for pitcher on this slate. Um, but we're going to start with Rich Hill because that's what we do. Um, any interest here in Rich Hill? I know the White Sox haven't been great this year. Um, and over the last few years, they've been really good against left-handed pitching. Obviously, they're they're without a couple big bats. Um, I just I don't think I can play Rich Hill in the spot. Uh, tough tough park in Fenway. 
the White Sox line up really, really this well. Is against the, the, it, this is the flip flop. They're in Chicago. Oh, you're right. Yep. Yep. The last one. Was. Okay. So uh, that's a little bit of an upgrade, um, yeah. but I still, I still don't want to play Hill uh, in this spot against the White Sox. Yeah. I mean, with Pollock being healthy, Moncada back, Moncada is a good um, upgrade. Um, Vaughn in there. They have angle that they can platoon against left-handed pitching. Hill probably not going to pitch deep into this game. Um, you know, when he's off, they, they, it seems like they yank him really, really fast. Uh, and, you know, that's obviously huge downside. So for me, probably not going to play him here. Yeah. Probably not going to play him here. And then Giolito on the other side of this game, the Red Sox have been one of the worst teams in baseball offensively this season. Um, I mean, Giolito is the highest ceiling by a large margin on this slate. Um, yeah, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just saying, like, there's no one even in his in his class today as far as ceiling. Uh, you know, yeah. he could easily get rocked in this spot, but if you're just playing pure ceiling, he's in a league of his own. Yeah, I, I agree. He he is in a tier of his own. Like, I like Morton, and I, I'd put him if I was going to put another guy in the top tier. That's who it would be. But I think Giolito is just a, a clear step ahead. Um, and that's partly because of Morton's form this year. Uh, but Giolito's strikeouts have been over 30%, where Morton's been down in the low 20s. Um, maybe he he ticks back up into like 25% range, where I think he'll settle this year. But Giolito would still be miles ahead of him from a strikeout upside perspective. So Boston strikes out a fair amount. Giolito is a super talented pitcher. Um, he's going to be massive chalk on the slate, I think, but it's well-deserved. He's, he's the top pitcher by a good margin. Uh, Ceiling-wise, he just, like I said, he's in a league of his own today. Um, I think the only guy that could potentially touch him on this slate is Javier. Maybe Morton if he's pitching like Charlie Morton back in the day. But, I mean, we've seen Morton have some good starts this year. So, I think, like, ceiling-wise, those are your three guys today um jp sears value but yeah i mean pitching on the slate is kind of rough um any interest in the boston bats here no i think giolito is the the best pitcher on the slate um i don't see any need to attack it even on a small slate i think there's just there are a lot more options i mean they'd, they'd be the last option for me so i won't have any boston it's one of those weird slates where you probably put any hitter from any team today and I wouldn't be like, oh, that's crazy. Because, I mean, you get leverage playing the Red Sox against Giolito. And Giolito has someone, someone that just has given up a ton of fly balls and a hard contact and a lot of power to righties. And you got JD, you got Xander, you got Story. Strikeouts are very plentiful there. Um, I'm probably not playing the Red Sox here, but I wouldn't call you crazy. Especially, like, with the ownership that Giolito is going to get on this slate. I wouldn't call you crazy. Um, I mean, if you're playing on FanDuel... Rasmussen looks better and better as we're going through these games. I just want to say, like, if you have, like, if you have the, if you, if you're a Fanduel player, like, Rasmussen's probably the second best pitcher on the slate for me on on Fanduel. Um, and if you consider ownership for Giolito, Rasmussen, I mean, he looks good going up against Miami at this point. Um, so just throwing that out there. As far as the White Sox bats go. Um, yeah, I, I mean, Luis Roberts out with he's on the COVID list. 
you know, obviously Tim Anderson, someone that I love against left-handed pitching. Moncada's 3,900. Vaughn is 3,900. When Rich Hill gets hit, he gets hit hard. Um, so I definitely don't mind a mini or a full stack here for the White Sox. Yeah, I, I like the full stack. I, I think they just line up really well um, against Hill. You mentioned Anderson at the top. He's he's the expensive guy, and he's worth it. But then they get pretty cheap from there. Abreu and Grandal, both in the 4Ks. Mankata at 3900 I, I love Andrew Vaughn's price at $3,900. Um, I'll, I'll definitely have full stacks with the White Sox here. Oh, look at that. Nice little 3-0 day. Minnesota closed the deal. Got the over on bull strikeout pitchers. Um, there you go. Gotta nice. love it. Gotta nice. love it. Yeah. It's like I think it's the first time this year I've went three and zero. I've gone two and one almost every time I've wrote up three picks on a day. It's so crazy. <laughs> I, I mean, going two and one, I'm not going to complain. I'd much rather go two and one than one and two or zero and three. But it's just funny. Um, anyway, we got Cleveland at Houston. Quantrill against Javier. This game has an eight total. The Astros are one. 85 to 195 favorite on most books here. Um, Kyle Quantrill pitching for Cleveland in this game, going up against Houston. I have absolutely zero interest in this spot for him. Same. He's just not a pitcher that strikes guys out normally. And Houston is a team that doesn't strike out at all either. So I just, there's no upside for Quantrill here. I'd play Rich Hill ahead of Quantrill. Um, Yeah, just no interest. That is how I feel. I feel the same way. Um, Javier, man, there is is definitely an argument to be made for him on the slate. Um, Just because of Giolito's ownership and just like with some cheap pitch, with some cheap hitters and stacks and potential secondary stacks and everything. In cash games, if you if you're if you're a cash game player, you're probably going Javier Giolito on this slate. Um, but in tournaments, I love the idea if you're playing Sears to go Javier instead of Giolito to make your lineups different. Because I mean, a lot of people I think today are going to go Sears Giolito. I hate playing pitchers against Cleveland. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I, I hate it because. They just don't strike out. They put the ball in play a ton. Uh, the bottom half, there's a lot of strikeouts there. So, I mean, if you're playing Javier today, one, you're hoping he's not walking people because that's something that he can do and he can do it a lot. Um, and you're just hoping that he takes advantage of the strikeouts in the bottom half. You're hoping for like five to seven strikeouts, 90 pitches, five to six innings. And, I mean, the win should be there. The win should be there. The Houston bats should be able to hit Quantrill. Yeah, I, it's the matchup for me that that has me thinking Morton more has, maybe has more upside. I mean, Javier has a, has a higher strikeout rate this year. Don't get me wrong; it's it's pretty clear. He's a very talented pitcher, but that the matchup against Cleveland is difficult. Um, a lot of high contact bats at the top of that order. I, I think because of the slate, it's it's certainly viable. I'll I'll play some Javier. Um, I feel better about Giolito, but the ownership is like you said going to reflect that as well. So he he is the tournament pivot. Um, I'm just a little bit concerned about the strikeout upside here because of the matchup. Yeah, I mean, but on a five-game slate, on a on a on a slate like this, you just have to be like, oh, I got to play somebody. <laughs> I, mean, it, I think you said it though. A lot of people are going to play Javier and Giolito together, so yeah. I don't think Javier will be necessarily that low owned either. 
I mean, he shouldn't be. I mean, there's clearly like three to four pitchers you can play on the slate that you can just stomach and play. Um, I don't, I don't feel like if you're playing a pitcher on the slate, you feel good about anything. Here. <laughs> I mean, uh, like this is probably a one lineup type of slate for me. Um, Cause I, I just, the more we go through this slate, the more I'm just like, man, I could see stacking that team. Ooh, I don't know if I like that picture. <laughs> Cleveland bats. Anything that you like here for Cleveland? I mean, Jose Ramirez anytime. Um, I don't necessarily like the full stack. Javier can have some control problems, so I'll, I might have a full stack or two in my 20 lineups. Um, but I don't love it. it. It won't be one of the first teams I look to. Um, I think I would rather do a, a, a mini with like Ramirez, Quan, and Naylor type of thing. Um, but I'll probably have one or two full stacks. Houston side, I mean, they're a top stack on the slate for me. Just top to bottom, ton of upside in this matchup against Cal Quantrill. He's someone that I think you can stack against. His strikeout rate is almost the same as his walk rate, especially against lefties. The one thing that Quantrill does do well is limit power. Um, But with the walks and this offense, I mean, yeah, I just – I mean, he's a two-pitch pony. There's – Sinker cutter, really. Um, he doesn't really mix in a lot of off-seed stuff outside of those two pitches. Yeah, Houston's great in this spot. Um, Alvarez and Tucker would be the top two for me. Um, Bregman, absolutely there. Brantley is underpriced. Uh, even Guriel is thirty nine hundred. I don't mind that. Um, yeah, one of the one of the top offenses there. I, I've got the Yankees up there with them, but I, I do like Houston a ton in this spot. All right, we finish it out with. Texas at LA taking on the Angels. This game has an eight and a half total. The Angels are a 160 favorite. Glenn Otto um, going up against Reed Deepmeyer, Deepmeers. Um, I mean, I, I can tell you with full, full uncertainty that I, I don't want to play Glenn Otto today. Yeah, the Angels have been really good. Um, Otto has walked far too many guys. Uh, I think he's going to get himself into some trouble and this is going to be a tough outing for him. So I, I agree with you. He, he's cheap. Pitching isn't strong on the slate, but he is, he's one of the worst options for me. I mean, when you're, when you have a massive walk rate with a massive hard hit rate and your ex up in Sierra guys. suggests that you're not getting um, unlucky, like, yeah, I mean, the angels are another stack that you have to like on the slate and deep on the other side. I mean, he had the no hitter. Yeah, you know, that's something that he'll always have. And he is a talented prospect, but I mean, struggled against Texas last time out. Talked about him having some regression. Does he get ownership today because he's facing Texas and because he has a no hitter and because he is a prospect? Um, I mean, I, that's where I might potentially get some leverage on the field because I really don't want to play him today. Um, do you have interest in him? <sighs> I wish I felt better about the leash. I was on the the pod with you last time, right after, after the no hitter and he was making his next start. And we talked about how we were concerned about that leash and 61 pitches is where they pulled him at. So we, we nailed that. I think he's probably back into that 80 pitch range. Um, I don't know if that's enough, even on the slate though, Texas just doesn't strike out much against lefties. Uh, and he has not translated his, his big st- strikeout stuff from, from the minors into the, into his big league starts yet. So I'll probably just take a wait and see, 
um, figure out where the leash is going to settle on him this year. I think that no hitter and him throwing 108 pitches, it's really going to have an effect for two or three starts here. So I'll, I'll probably pass on Demers today. Um, excited to play him in the future. I think he's going to be really good, but I, I think they're still going to handle him with care after that no hitter and just some other options I would I would rather look to. It's not like he's cheap either. If he was in like the 7Ks, maybe more interest, but up at 8,400, I would need, I don't know, six or seven strikeouts out of him, and I'm not sure he, he can get that with this with the leash he's going to have. I mean, even like his no-hitter game against Tampa, he had two strikeouts. Um, yeah. He's he's had five strikeouts one time this season. It was against Texas. Scored two fantasy points in that outing. Um, I mean, this is a guy that – He's a prospect, but the strikeout stuff really isn't there. Like the game that he threw a no hitter, 21 outs were ground balls and fly balls. Um, I mean, it wasn't like a dominating no hitter performance. He just ran really good. Uh, Texas bats in this spot. Um, Obviously, I like Garcia. He's 4K. Simeon at 3,900, I think, is playable. Um, If Garver's in there, he's cheap at 3,300. I mean, Eli White is 3K. Um, yeah, man, yeah, Texas is cheap in this spot. Yeah, I think Garber is going to be massive chalk, just a guy who's hit lefty as well in his career, and he's probably $1,000 cheaper than he should be because he missed some time with an injury. So love Garber. I think he picks up quite a bit of ownership, though. Um, Garcia is a guy I really like. What is Simeon going to figure it out this year? I don't, I don't know. Um, his, his price at 3900 is – like we just have to keep playing him at this point, I think, right? Especially against the lefty, I like him. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he's eventually going to hit, right? <laughs> yeah, um, we keep saying that. We've been saying that for like two weeks now. I know it's crazy. Um, <laughs> I mean, the Angels. I think the Angels are in a great spot today. If Ward is out, it hurts the overall ceiling of the lineup a little bit, but it also makes the stack a lot cheaper. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it's hard for me not to have a ton of interest in Trout and Otani. They're two of the best hitters in baseball. They're in a fantastic spot. They're expensive. Don't get me wrong. Uh, but I, I mean, this is a stack that this is your bring it on home for me tonight type of stack. You know, they're the last game by an hour and a half. People hate stacking that game. It's always it's always that way. I mean, it's the Dodgers all the time, and the Dodgers should never be a team that's under 10% in some of the matchups they are, but no one likes to stack that late game. I mean, people people are like me, man. They're, they're, they're dads, and they want to sleep. Um, but, I mean, I'm perfectly good with at 1030 when the lineup game starts, and I know I can't change anything. I can go sleep and see what I do in the morning. But um, Keith, talk to me here about the Angels. Yeah, I love the Angels in this spot. Um, and you know Joe Madden is going to wait until like right up. Like this, We may not have a lineup here before the slate locks just because that's what Joe Madden does. He never puts out a lineup early. Um, it's an hour, almost an hour and a half after the the second to last game locks. So I think they're going to be on their own in this spot. Uh, I absolutely love them. Uh, Trout and Otani are obviously phenomenal. And then they have cheap options that they platoon and th- th- things like that. So the stack isn't even overall that expensive. Um, Jared Walsh is, is really underpriced at 3,800. Brandon Marsh is a cheap option at 3,300. And then you get punts, like depending on the lineup, Ringifo, Wade, Duffy, um, all those guys are in the, the 2K range. So when you put those guys in a stack, it, it makes the expensive bats of Trout and Otani 
um, kind of evens out the, the stack of the price of the stack. So I love the angels in the spot, I'm not scared of Otto. He's going to walk a ton of guys. Angels got have big power. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking out oh, the Yankees were my favorite stack, but after like talking through the slate, I, I like this angels team quite a bit. Houston, LA Yankees. Yep. Um, I will be building around those three teams today. All right, let's play the morning grind game. This is going to be rough. Um, <laughs> give me a guy under 8K to get six or more strikeouts. Um, I'm going to go Suarez just because of, of the Braves' uh, strikeout rates this year. I don't know if he'll be able to limit the damage enough to get there, um, but I think he has the ability to do that, even though he's had a bit of a, a down year. I think he's the best option. Uh, I'll go J.P. Sears just because he's facing Baltimore. Um and he's had good strikeout stuff in the minors. So, uh, someone else that had good strikeout stuff in double A was George Kirby, and he has eight strikeouts through four innings. Um, that was such a hard sweat. Um, such a hard sweat. Now I'm like, I'm sweating it a little bit for DFS purposes because he is only like 25% owned, and I do have him. So, I need him to maybe have one or two more good innings. So, my, my hot take in the expert survey today was Kirby was going to strike out 10 pit or hitters. Um, so, Two more, Kirby. Two more. Make me look <laughs> make me look smart. Um, over 8K to score under 15 fantasy points. Who's your bust today? I'm going to go Detmers. He seems like the clear and obvious one. Just not doesn't have the strikeout upside. Um, we're worried about the leash. I think he stays under. I'm going to go Charlie Morton um, just because I think Javier and Giolito get there. So that's just why. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> I think there's a good chance that Charlie Morton gets over 15 here. His last three starts have been a lot better. I mean, it's not like he faced bad opponents to start the season. Uh, you know, he had one game against the Dodgers and the Mets. He had a game against them, and they just don't strike out. But he's looked a lot better here um, recently. So I'll probably be wrong. But, I mean, there's only four guys, and you took the obvious one. So <laughs> uh, over Fair 4K enough. to hit a home run today. Who do you like to go yard? Uh, give me Otani. All right. I'm not going to say Trout because um, that would be cheating. But give me Anthony Rizzo today for home run. Like Under 4K to get two hits, who do you like? Uh, give me Andrew Vaughn. He's 3,900 against the lefty Rich Hill. I, yeah, I like that one. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's so many guys that i like today that are cheap give me Moncada going up against rich hill he's a switch hitter so it doesn't really matter who they bring in um i think he only has one multi-hit game this season so we'll make it two uh stack to score six or more runs today i'm gonna go with the, i'm gonna stick with the yankees here they're the two other stacks we talked about i like just as much but i'll, I'll go with the yankees yeah, I think I have to go Angels today. Um, I have no faith whatsoever in Otto. His walk rate is almost as high as his strikeout rate. Gives up a lot of hard contact. Generates hardly any soft contact. And you get a patient offense. When you get a patient offense against a guy that walks a lot of people, you're going to get base runners. Um, and, I mean, it just takes a couple big hits to really get over that six-run total. So, um, really like this spot today for the Angels. Keith, any final thoughts before we get out of here? Man, this this five game DraftKings slate. I'll be curious on the ownership. Like, there's three offenses we love, 
there's one very clear picture. So we might have to do some weird things to get a little bit different, but be, be an interesting slate. I'll be excited to check out some ownership here. All right. That's going to wrap it up here for today's morning grind. Um, it's, it's been fun. It's been fun. And I will say this, if you're not on the rotor grinders discord, get in there. There's no reason not to be in there. Um, if you're in the chief's prop shop, I dropped a, Two pick power play over on prize picks this morning um, at like 8.45 in the morning. And I was so uberly confident about it. It was Sonny Gray over five and a half and George Kirby over four strikeouts. So if you got in on that, um, you got a nice little 3X payday. Um, that's always super nice. So if you're not in Discord, check it out. Rotogrinders.com slash Discord is the easiest way to check it out. A bunch of free channels on top of if you're a premium member, a ton of premium channels. So We'll be back tomorrow talking more baseball. Have a great Wednesday. We'll see you then.